Hi everybody, Anthony Burrows here, your host for Life and Finances with Sacrifice and Service. Now today, yes today, I wish to talk about taxes to pay or not to pay. Taxes to pay or not to pay. Now you know, in the media recently, that's in the print media, the social media, as well as um, television and radio mediums, persons have been talking about taxes. Some persons are advocating, hey, let's go to an income tax system. Others are saying, hey, let's things stay just the way they are. And others are crying for, hey, let's redistribute the wealth. And um, the funny thing is, though, of course we know it's political season, so everyone's going to be talking about it. And chances are things won't change. We'll be taxed more and the system will be more burdensome for all of us due to the cost of living continuously rising. Now... We know when it comes to taxes, the Bahamas ever since I was a child has been known as a nation where the citizens pay zero taxes. You know what? We know, those of us born, grow and live here, that that's certainly not true. But that's the catchphrase, the code that tells the foreigners coming in, especially the high net worth income foreigners to say, hey, this is where you can come if you want to avoid paying taxes. And see... This was a designation saying that we are a tax-free nation. Citizens don't pay taxes. It's something that I can recall when you're talking, growing up as teenagers, persons being, woo, they'd beat their chest and very proud of that. And of course, the driving force behind that was for the offshore banks and the shell companies that set up offshore. Now, the thing is, the offshore banks, and you know, they do not do any local activity any local loans any local activity that's because they have an international license therefore they don't do any business locally and the thing is they have less regulations less transparency and oftentimes they were said and i believe to to hide undeclared income mainly for people who don't want to pay taxes in the various countries that's why we were known as a tax haven now this would be money that's legally a lot of the money, in fact, most of it will probably be legal money. Persons just don't want to cough up, you know, they've labored long days and nights, generations and all of that. And it's like, hey, why give government that money? This is what some persons might say. So you have legal money and illegally earned money stashed in these offshore banks. Now, the thing is, with a lot of those countries where persons have run and stashed their money, be it here in the Bahamas, the Cayman Islands, Switzerland, and other jurisdictions. Thing is now that governments around the world, you know, where they were incapable of handling the monies that they had, they ran large, in fact, magnificent deficits. That's all over Europe, Central, well, I should say all over Europe, and as well as um, North America, they've run large deficits. And a lot of times they are looking for places to see where they can fill the gap without having to put too much pressure on the citizens. And before you know it, out the door, they get the boot and they are voted out. You see, the thing is, though, deficit spending has created this situation. And a deficit is really and truly, you're spending more than you take in. It can happen on the individual level, especially if you got them credit cards. And the same way it happens on the government level when they get, they're taking in money, but of course they're spending, spending, spending. So that's something. But the thing is, the difference between you and I and the government's that's be it in the Bahamas, Europe, North America, Central America, South America, Africa, Asia, wherever. 
The thing is, they have a special, a special tree in their backyard called Tax the People Tree. And all they do is go out back, and if you heard me, you know I like to say this, give that tree a good shake, and all the money then falls into the treasury. But the thing is, you can only shake that tree so many times, and all the governments around the world, including us, have been shaking those trees for years, and they have come upon times where it's more difficult to say to the person, say, I want more money out of you. So that being the case with the countries, especially the Europe, Europe and um, North America, they have now gotten into situations where they say, you know what, we can shake those offshore jurisdiction. And so they've applied political pressure, financial pressure, and you know what? The borrower is slave to the lender. Whereas jurisdiction like ours, we've borrowed money over the years and now we're in deficit ourselves. So they'll show up and say, hey, if you don't do this, 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 and this, we're going to do this, this, and that. And therefore now, our offshore jurisdiction is shrinking, and it's shrinking in a lot of areas around the world. Of course, it's not shrinking in Switzerland, because they're not going to shake the Swiss tree. But then, because many of them got their own money stashed in Switzerland, but they don't have it stashed out here, so they're not going to shake that tree. So the thing is, though, when you look at it, it's something now the pressure is applied, and you find a lot of behemoths who once worked in that offshore jurisdiction have found that that has shrunk by some people say as much as 50 to 60 percent. And when we look at the tax that's being discussed nowadays, the thing is, taxes have their place. But we must always remember that you get what you pay for. And behemoths look around at the taxes and we say, you know what? The roads, oftentimes they'll break up because most cars here rattle, rattle, rattle because of the roads, right? We got poor electrical supply. Oh, I wouldn't talk about the water supply. You go into a lot of schools, they're run down, they're poorly equipped. And the thing is, people are saying, hey, every month I'm doling out whether it's VAT, whether it's customs duty, whether it's um, national insurance, however they're paying, they're feeling like, hey, I'm not getting the things that I have paid for. You know, and that can be disheartening. Now, all in all, in reality, taxes are a meaningful, necessary, useful thing. And in reality, in my opinion, it is a purposeful, necessary, and a good thing. Because what the governments are then doing, they are gathering and pooling all of our resources together so that they could better serve us. Now, the number one reason for taxes, always remember that, is to raise revenue so that government may meet public expenditure. They got the bills, whatever, where, um, that has to be met, and they need us to pool our resources. And as they pool the resources, they are then able to serve us, be it through better roads, better schools, whatever, even though that has not really materialized too much in our case. But, you know, we have great demands, a massive cost of living, and if you want to go to Life and Finances with Sacrifice and Service on YouTube and look up the one of the posts I did on why the cost of living is so high in the Bahamas. And then leave some comments, like it and share it too, and then leave some comments. Now, the thing is, taxes in reality is the lifeblood for governments as well as nations. It's what keeps the nations running. Now, a lot of people like to talk about, as they're talking about the income tax here, you find that the purpose and the thought behind income tax is wealth redistribution. 
and you find that majority rule 1967 the idea was behind that also was wealth redistribution i read somewhere the other day that hey that dream which is the majority rule somehow it became stagnant or it totally became derailed but hopefully it'll get back on, on on the right track one of these days but what happened too is that because the idea behind it was yes to establish a large middle class they did do that but it ended up in a situation where we did not see it through full fruition having a proper tax, tax structure and then having a situation where the society um, where persons in the society could own the economy that didn't happen but when we look at taxes taxes when you look at has their place and some of the things about when person governments are taxing the idea is that they want to avoid negative outcomes which is like mass demonstrations coups of the sort things of that sort trying so it has to be a fine line and a balance that governments do and again i say taxes of themselves isn't bad in essence taxes as you should know is for our greater good and the thing is taxes are the resources in the hand of a decent and good government that and by me saying a decent and good government as any government that run a balanced budget to me that's a decent and good government right and that's not borrowing a bunch of money when you put taxes in their hand you're going to get good results now when you think of taxes in in the bahamas some of the main reason behind taxes you find that the civil servants got to pay out about 900 million dollars in salaries annually and when i say that that's not just the 20,000 that go as the quote-unquote civil service but you're talking about the quasi government entities and then you got persons with contracts and all that 900 million dollars per annum so that money has to be gotten from somewhere then we know also with the collection of taxes that's to provide services to citizens like us again we say the bus up roads hopefully we'll get past that some roads have improved but to get policing because you got the police force they need the new cars they got the short spotters cameras all of these things as crime become and has been for a long time a menace in our society then for instance if you live in the family islands to subsidize the male boats to help with education health care and look at pensions airports docks libraries even though we don't use the libraries as much because if you want to really hide out somewhere the libraries are the best place to hide because nobody comes and goes and you have social services and to maintain economic activity because the idea is that sometimes government has to dole out money and just start spending just to get the economy going and then also um they have to um, get rid of garbage provide water provide electricity so so our small nation and the small resources that we have got a lot pulling on it and a lot of things that's required of it and so sometimes you know just a little here and a little there and they don't get to do everything so therefore we do not get maximum benefit in any particular area but we got to give god thanks because i guess if you look down the road even though i'm not one who subscribed to that many people all over the world don't have what it is we have and even if you go in some of the first world nations especially when you go in their rural and inner city areas you'd be like lord have mercy this can't be mr first world country but that's how it is now sometimes taxation is used as a instrument by government sometimes to punish some areas sometimes to reward other other areas of society 
And um, like when you look at for us, using as an instrument of economic activity recently, you heard that they were saying, okay, we're going to give you real property tax forgiveness. And um, so a lot of persons will say, well, okay, now let me go and cut a deal and government will be able to generate extra monies and things like that. But when you look at it, the real property tax, I, I, I don't know how that system works. Being working because you find that they're usually, the buildings are usually in the worst location. There is no parking. I don't know how much things they send out online, put in the mail, all of that. Because a lot of times you don't get these things. But now, but hopefully we'll get better as we go. Now, the thing with taxes, and when you look at it, the idea behind taxes with government is to impact consumption, investment, and then to generate and, and kickstart businesses. And when you say, especially with consumption, the idea is to get persons to do more purchasing, more spending. Then with investment, they do more incentives out there like the Hotel Encouragement Act or sometimes like how you see in the various family islands and different areas with, with the hurricane and the pandemic may have hit hard. They have, they can have um, customs free and duty free items, especially when it comes to building, whether you want to build a house or whatever it is you're going to do and do business. Then when you look at business location, how they incentivize it, like how you have the industrial parks, and we have two of those, one on Soldier Road, and then one out there by the airport, and the airport industrial park, and then you have the one on Soldier Road, I can't remember the name of that, but that's the industrial park also, and behind, the idea behind industrial park is to reduce taxes to provide centralized services and things that can serve businesses, and then also with, with the idea of technical help to get businesses going. Now, you know when to know when you have a good tax system or tax structure. This is how you know. The first thing is that everyone is certain as to how much they owe and how much they have to pay. Everybody knows that. So that's a sign that you have a good tax structure, tax system. Then the system, I don't subscribe to this too much, but it's equitable. Yes, the system has to be equitable. No one group or one person pays too much and then there's no double paying so it's equitable you're certain as to how much you owe and how much you're going to pay then it's there's a simplicity it's easily understood the system that is easily understood and then finally for the government and for the people it's efficient in terms that you don't spend no drill load of money just to collect the, the taxes you don't spend more than you're taking in to collect the taxes now you know as you travel the world and around the bahamas there are different types of taxes. Let's look at, when you bear in mind now the origin of taxes, when you think about it, let's say over the past several hundred, I mean, thousand years, had to do mostly with funding armies to people to, you know, beat back the neighbors or prevent themselves from being overrun with the enemy. And then in some cases, especially in years gone by, you had cases like, hey, the king or whoever wanted to build a big palace or the, the nation wanted to build worship sites or public works or just simply hey put up a city wall to keep the enemy from coming in put up decent structure in terms of water supply this is years this is centuries ago now and then for instance they might want to do highways for commerce and to move the armies because you know when you move around the states for instance the um the interstate system that many people know about that served two purposes the first purpose is to get economic activity all those big trucks rolling to get goods and services out there. The second thing is to get 
people where they can get to and fro. But the main thing also that goes with that is that they're able to move, if they had to move infantry or soldiers or whatever you throughout, whether it's from insurrection within the nation or enemies happen to land on in the nation, they're able to move. And those, for instance, each bridge has a maximum amount of weight that they can hold and it's no heavier than one of those, I forget, must be the M1 tanks and stuff like that. So, so you find that war comes in in terms of economic activity and taxes. Then you can think of the Mayans and the Egyptians and you think of Solomon with his temple and all of that. So the different nations and, and civilizations over the years. Now, let's look at those types of taxes. You have consumption tax and we, in the Bahamas, basically you find the customs duty and all of that. That's a consumption tax and it's basically the tax on the money that you and I will have spent. Then you are, and the sales tax also could fall in that. And it's tax basic that's paid when you purchase or purchasing a product, sometimes goods and services, but mainly a product. And then you have what some people like to call progressive tax, which is the more you earn, the more you pay. Basically, they kind of punish the high earners. It's the Robin Hood syndrome. Let's take from the, from the rich and give to the poor. Let's take the United States system. They got that with the income tax. But what happens is the rich then have 10,000 loopholes that they could jump through. And people will be saying, oh, yeah, you're still taking from the rich and giving to the poor. But the rich, in many cases, go scot-free while the middle class totes the burden. Then you have the regressive tax. And now in this case, those who can pay, pay less. I should say those who can pay, they pay more. And those who can't pay, they pay less. And uh, one example of regressive tax, and this case wasn't, um, it wasn't proper and it wasn't um, civil and it wasn't in the favor of the people. When you think of France, for instance, in the 1700s, because their French Revolution, that kind of reverberated all around the world. Same thing like the, what they call it, the Arabs um, summer, kind of was like that for them too, but the French Revolution, because you had a situation where the poor and, uh, well, they wouldn't even call them middle class. Basically, the poor just paid, paid, paid. Then you found that the, the, I guess you had what was the church people, which was the bishops and the priests and all of them, they go scot-free. Then, of course, those persons of nobility who was um, associated with the aristocrat, they went scot-free. And you found that the poor, but you see that, they end up getting turned on the head. And everybody got, I think, was um, went dancing to the guillotine. Then you have the flat tax. This is where everybody pays the same rate. And tithing kind of work on that. That's a flat tax when you really think about it. And when you think about it, with that, when the widow's might, when she dropped in her bed, Jesus said, really and truly, this woman paid more than everybody because she did it from her own. But at the same time, she because she decided to put more than, than her tent. But that's how it is. You say, who can pay? Pay. Well, with the flat tax, everybody's paid. And in this case, citizens have a vested interest in the success of whatever it is you're dealing with. Then we have stamp tax. That's a, um, a financial transaction tax. And basically, government person put their stamp or uh, seal, whatever you want to call it, on the document. And that's usually from 4 to 10%. It goes on mortgages, sales agreements, loans, property conveyances, duty power of attorney, affidavits, and, and the list goes on. All of that get a stamp duty and it's usually 4 to 10%. Then you have the excise tax, and this is the duty 
on manufactured goods levied at the moment of manufacture rather than the sale. And I can remember when I used to be a young boy working in Bacardi, at Bacardi in those days, customs used to be there like that. So as it was produced, taxes was paid out on that. Then you have property tax, and this is taxes paid on land, homes, commercial real estate, and in this instance, government is said to be $600 million in arrears, so hence the, the real property tax forgiveness that's going on. But you know what? The political will has never been there really to push hard and to try and collect the real property tax like that. And for instance, like, um, it'll be taxes on vacant lots up to 75000 1.5%. That's, and then you have tax on a vacant lot from 75000 to 500000 and it goes down as 0.75%. Then you have taxes from 250000 to 500000 This is on developed property. is 0.625%. And then you have taxes from half a million to $5 million on developed property. That's 1%. And, of course, we have payroll tax in NIB. Is you can consider the payroll tax. Then you have income tax, which we don't have and persons are now recommending, but we know that ain't going to go nowhere. And that's deducted from your earned income, whether it's your salary, your business, whatever. And, and usually this is at different rates, and it's for the level of income. Um, the U.S. is best known to it. So a person who earns a certain amount, they are at a certain rate. Another one who has another amount earned at a certain rate. And the thing is, in the U.S., you could be, let's say you're making 100000 a year. They'll tax your first 12000 um, of your income at a certain percentage. Then the next, from thirteen to maybe 70000 at another percentage, and it goes on that, which could become confusing. Then, of course, you have bad tax, which we just did away with after we got the VAT. So what happens now, the VAT is the albatross around our neck, and the bad tax, which was the tourist-paying um, they throw that away, say, don't let foreigners pay, let uh, us Bahamians pay. So you don't understand the thinking of our people. But And then you have the, of course, then after the income tax, the bad tax, you have the capital gains tax. And we don't have that like that. That's an American and a European thing. So if you have an investment, um, even from your, um, in, um, it could be your, what you call it, your savings account, whatever, in those countries. And what happens is that, the interest you would have made on your investment, they would have that tax. And the profit you make from your business, they would tax. And then you have inheritance tax. This is tax that's paid on the net weight of the deceased. And what they really and truly doing is taxing what's being passed on to the heirs. But of course, people get around that with the living will, I mean, living trust, trust funds and things of that sort. And if you want to know what I say about that, you can also go to Life and Finances with sacrifice and service on YouTube and you can look up and you can look at one of my um, posts at the time where we go into all of this. Then you have now something that you don't hear about that much, sin tax. And that's when they tax um, products that's considered sin type stuff, which would be liquor, um, cigarettes mainly is the main one, and gambling. And the idea, it has a twofold idea to build a good income for the, for the, and the revenue for the government right and it's meant to discourage um destructive habits that's one aspect of it but because we know that the people are addicted to it they won't give it up and so there's no one that's going to rise up and bicker and carry on saying hey why the cigarette tax so high no one's they can say tax the guys who's smoking all the cigarette 
right? Then you have, in the Bahamas, we now have, I think they just started, I don't know if it's started yet, but, you know, it's been officially clear, declared. I think they've started collecting, which is the tax for the collection with persons, with the gaming, the local gaming. But, you know, I find, I find it so hilarious because you don't tax the, the winnings and the earnings of the two casinos we have here. So we're saying foreigners, go free again, Bahamians, get on the guillotine and let me chop your head off. Hopefully one day we'll get rid of that self-hate. But when you look at some of the revenue now, let's look at the greatest um, revenue generators when it comes to tax in the Bahamas. VAT takes in, and remember now, the budget has been totally reshaped. Government did a, a six-month type budget thing, and that's because we know Dorian, COVID, and all of that. So everything is down. But VAT takes in about 43% of all collected revenue. So VAT is, uh, is vital, right? And this time around, it's like $286,378,146. And it's meant for loan payments, but we know a lot of VAT go for paying civil servant salary. And that stops government from being overdrawn like that. So you got to give God thanks. And with the budget being reshaped and all of that revenue expected at $1.8 billion, expenditure expected at $3.1 billion, and we can run a deficit of $1.3 billion, which is a idiotic thing running deficits but we have what we have and it is what it is now excise tax which takes in about 13.2 percent of the revenue and that's at 89 million dollars property tax 3.7 percent of the revenue which really and truly could be much higher that's 25 million dollars transaction tax which is 15.3 percent and that's at one hundred and three million dollars and this is normally levied on what you call financial transactions like those offshore banks and what have you this is where we'll get some um, financial transaction money from them and it's meant to discourage the main thing behind it for most nations is meant to discourage what they call excessive speculation and the thing is financial tax tra financial transaction tax around the world accounts about 38 Billion dollars in taxes, that's worldwide annually. Government um, collecting rent, that's 2.1%. Um, that's $14 million. Administrative fees, 8.9%. That's $60 million. Total revenue, $674 million. And the budget is um, um, $3.1 billion. But all of this is looking at the reduction for the six months. See? And the thing is, personally, I must say, I like the way... The revenue reports are laid out, whether it's in the newspaper or if it's on the budget line when you go to the government website. And, you know, it, it, the budget, if you want to know, explains the success or failure of your nation. And I suggest to every citizen in the Bahamas, take a look from time to time. At least once a year, go to the government website and look at the budget. Let's remember now, now, I'm a proponent of the flat tax. Remember, nothing's free. And I always say those church-going persons, tithing is a tax because it's necessary for the church to run, for salaries to be paid, for preachers, pastors, whatever you want to call them, and to keep the building going, keep the building clean, all the schools that the churches may have. You see, God never said if you are poor or earn a little bit of money that you don't pay tithe. No, no, no. God did it this way when he said everyone would surrender their tent. He did it like that to help you and I develop our financial IQ, to get a better understanding of money and how to handle it so that next 90% could be put to um, proper use. And then, above all, 
for us to have an appreciation of our contribution to the system and our vested interests. Now, with me, I would recommend a flat tax every citizen with zero exemption, 15%. And just on that, from having a workforce of, say, 200,000 workers, that's $900 million right there. We cover civil servant salary. <clears throat> then when you look at the, the foreigners who live here, a check in 2010 revealed that we had 65,000 foreigners living in the Bahamas, which is about, um, at the time, was like about 19% of the Bahamian population. So the idea of that, if they are paying, right, if they are paying their share, you give them the same 15%, that's another $300 million that we'll collect. So that's $1.2 billion right there. Then with our real property tax, I was trying to determine and ascertain the overall value of, of properties here in the Bahamas, but I couldn't get access to nothing that could really reveal it to me. So it's one of those things. So in this case, with the residents paying their share and the uh, average Bahamian employee paying their share, that's $1.2 billion. Then reduce the VAT down to 5%, right? And then we reduce the customs duty in, um, which usually starts around 35% in most instances, but bring that down to 10, between 10 and 20% varying in products. And again, zero exemption for nobody, whether it's politician, preacher, whatever you are, no exemption. And these are the ways that we'd go about building. And so, you know, and then of course, you'd have the National Health Insurance Board, just like how you have the National Insurance Board. But as we stand now, we're in a situation when you look at VAT at the 12.5%. Then we're looking at the customs duty minimum on average 35%. So, and then when you look at the other knickknacks here and there, we are paying as a citizen, the majority of us are paying at about 50 to 55% when you really look at taxes. So, we kind of have to pull our act together and realize nothing's free, but as a nation, we still have plenty of possibilities. So, I want to say until next time, may the God of heaven and his son, the Christ, bless and prosper you. And I'll see you next time.